0: Welcome to the Lovingly Conscious podcast, a podcast in which we discuss what it means to live a conscious life with love as a central point. I believe that if we all live life consciously, make conscious decisions and take responsibility for our own lives, that the world would be a much better place with love at the forefront. That is why I created this podcast, so we can discover what it means to live that mindful and conscious life together. My name is Megan Josephine, and I'm your host today. Let this epic episode begin. Hey there, it's Megan, and welcome to the Lovingly Conscious podcast. This week, I'm talking to one of my great friends, Flora. She is such a beautiful soul, and that's why I had to interview her. She is conscious, and she knows what she does in life. Before I get started, of course, I had one of the worst hay fever moments of this year during this conversation. So my voice sounds a bit like I've got a cold, but it was hay fever. It was really bad. Thankfully, that's all over now. Um, and also, she mentions in the podcast that she is go- well. She was gonna hear if she was gra- graduated or not from her psychology study the day after this interview, and she did, she graduated with a nine. I mean, of course, she is so good at what she does, and she does all the work. So she graduated with a nine, I didn't expect less of her. She is just one of the most conscious people I know, and I really admire her kindness. She is kind to everybody and all, and so she really thinks about everything so thoroughly. I just, I I admire her so much. She is such a beautiful soul. So I cannot imagine talking about anyone else about the subject of anxiety because she has experienced it, um, I think, a lot worse than I have too. And she gives a lot of nuggets of wisdom on this subject for us. So if you experience anxiety, this is the subject that we talk about and then this is the episode for you. One of the things I loved she said was that even if you have all the tools, I mean she is trained to be a yoga teacher and she has trained in psychology and she still experiences anxiety and she says if you have all the tools and you're still struggling that is okay. So know that it's okay to experience anxiety even though you have all the tools because I still experience moments of not being present, even though I have the tools of mindfulness and meditation. That is fine, that is fine, because we're human. So life flows, life ebbs and flows, it's all good. One of the things that I love that she says during um, which book recommendation she has, something I thought of afterwards, she says, you've got to read a book that you love and it's okay to choose which book you love for you. And one of the things that I find important to say with this is that it's okay to choose and feel and change your perceptive on what's good for you. Very often we we start reading books or we start taking on a job or we start a hobby or we go a direction in life because other people tell us to do this. And maybe it's not the right choice for you and it's okay to take your time to feel which way is the best for you so this can apply to every part of life not only for reading books but it's also okay you know for me within my business right now I am kind of thinking about okay which way am I going to go I'm going to stay on the mindfulness path and am I going to go more towards self-love am I going to go more towards consciousness it's really okay to struggle with that and to take your time and to feel what is right and to try different things. So if you know if you want a new job and you don't know which direction to go in, try a few new things before deciding on what you want to do. And maybe it are multiple things. Maybe it's not that one thing that you need to do. Maybe there are different things that you can do for life. So it's okay and be patient and life will just unfold in front of you. Anyway, I cannot hold you any much longer from this conversation so there we go this is the conversation with change your mind with flora flora welcome thank you thank you for having me well thank you so much for being here i'm so happy you're here we've been friends for a while now and Mm -hmm. we've been having this like professional group together in which we kind of discover how we um what's it goal setting that's it Mm -hmm. in which we um consciously discover how we want to Plan goals in our lives instead of thinking I have to do it this way thinking this is what society wants me to do thinking and then instead of that you should feel on the inside how you feel and feel what feels right so that's been a lot of fun I've really been enjoying getting to know you it was really lovely and you live in this amazing house in Amsterdam it's so cool and you are going to be traveling in um, America for a little while so I can't wait to follow Mm. your journey there
1: that's the plan, yeah, fingers crossed. <laughs>
0: Let me introduce you real quick. You are a songwriter, a psychologist in training. You're gonna hear it tomorrow, fingers crossed. Yay, so cool. And a yoga teacher. Your expertise is our self-discovery, acceptance, and personal growth and integration. And your interests are yoga, music, and that's how we got to know each other, didn't we? Fire our mutual choir. Psychology, plants, plant-based cooking, Uh, neuroplasticity, writing, habit, formation, and language learning. Okay, so the first question I want to ask you today is, which conscious choice have you made today?
1: Oh, I love this question. So I've been thinking about this, and I'm the kind of person who gets really excited about a lot of things. And this total freedom of, you know, sitting with yourself and deciding what feels right in the moment can feel really inspiring and exciting, but it can also feel a bit paralyzing. And for me, if everything is too structured, I get bored. (laughs) But if everything is too open, I get really overwhelmed. And so I've created this kind of basic structure for myself, but very consciously and lovingly and deliberately. Um, And it changes as well, right? Um, But this this morning, um, as I was preparing for the podcast, I am really not a morning person. So I try not to burden myself with too many decisions early on. Um, So this morning, I kind of function on autopilot, but it is a structure that I created very deliberately to make myself happy and to help me function at my best. And most of my fully creative open space is later in the day when I feel better and when I'm more capable of making decisions that benefit me, not just in the moment, but in, in the long run as well. And so I think a lot of my morning was this kind of lovingly created autopilot Um, The one moment was my alarm went off and I was feeling a little bit off center and I just stayed in bed for like half an hour under my gravity blanket, which has been an absolute life changer. (laughs) And I just kind of meditated and hung out until I felt good. And then I woke up and it was great.
0: Cool. That's a really good conscious decision. And can you tell us a bit about that basic structure that you've created for yourself?
1: Yeah, of course. So I have to be really honest here and say that it does change very often. So if you ask me again in two weeks, it'll be a different thing. But um, I like to have something kind of ready for myself so I don't have to make all the big decisions because you just read a couple of my interests. Um, I like a lot of stuff. And so if I wake up and I'm like, I'm going to do something that makes me happy, I already have easily like six to ten things to choose from. Um, so one of, one of the, the rhythms that I've had for a while now is I wake up and I might meditate in the morning. Um, I might just hang out with my partner, depending on when he leaves for work in the moment, uh, in the, in the morning, then I make myself some breakfast. And I usually have this moment in the morning where I just allow myself to watch like videos or, or shows, but in French um I've always wanted to learn French I I took it as a class in high school and I did kind of well but I never really learned to speak and so that is this little gift for myself in the morning is during my breakfast I I study French and then after breakfast I usually take some time to write my morning pages which is something from uh The Artist's Way by Julia Cameron which is a book I'm working through right now and I've been doing that every day for the past three months.
0: I was just going to say, that's a new habit you installed, isn't it?
1: Yeah, it is. Yeah.
0: Did it make a lot of difference for you?
1: Oh, yes. Um, so for, for those of you who don't know what it is, you write three pages of stream of consciousness writing by hand. Um, and initially, I was incredibly resistant. <laughs> I did not want to do it. Um, but it has honestly changed my life. That that sounds like a big claim, but for me, you know, I have so many thoughts before breakfast. <laughs> and like I said, I tend to get really overwhelmed with all the stuff I want to do and I don't really know where to start. And for me, these morning pages have been a way to slow down and to it's almost an active form of meditation, you know, because I check in with myself and I'm just writing what I'm thinking, kind of going through where am I where am I at right now? How, how am I doing? Um, what do I want to do today? The biggest one has been, what are my blocks to doing that? Because often there's this gap between where you are right now and what you're meant to be doing. Um, because there's a reason why you're not doing that thing yet. And these pages help me bridge br- bridge the gap and figure out why, why am I not working on that right now and how can I get started? So that's been really beneficial. Cool.
0: Yeah, because often we, we choose to unconsciously very very often unconsciously that's what I notice with myself mm. is that I, I don't feel like doing something today and why why do I not feel like doing something today mm. very often it's because it's got to go I've got to do something that's out of my comfort zone mm-hmm. you know what I mean yeah so that's the block absolutely block over there and I want to I want to just go into the fact that you said it changes your your base routine changes and mm-hmm. That's something I want to talk about. So many influencers say or show on their YouTube videos, there's my morning routine and, mm-hmm. you know, all good, all, all fine. But I think a lot of us get paralyzed by the thoughts of having to have a morning routine that's the same every single morning. And if you don't have the motivation to get out of bed one morning, you're like, fuck it. I'm just not going to do it anymore. You know what I mean?
1: And 100%. Um, yeah.
0: <laughs> so it just, it gets too hard. And, That's something you've also, you know, I would recommend you also consciously choose for yourself. If there is a morning in which you don't want to do it, maybe just do one part of your morning routine. For me, Mm -hmm. my steady thing in the morning, definitely during allergy season is making my tea with um, organic honey, because that really helps against my hay fever, except today for some reason. And that's just my standard thing. And if I do not have the energy or motivation to meditate in the morning, then I don't do that. That's fine. You know? I've got to choose what feels right to me in that moment. So don't
1: be harsh on yourself. Mm -hmm. I love that you say that um, because I, I very much believe that all these structures and routines that we build for ourselves, we built them with an intention, right? And my intention in the morning, at least, is to make my morning as smooth and easy as possible because I know that I struggle in the morning. And so if I wake up and these things kind of hurt, hurt my progress more than they, they help them, I don't have to do it. And that's that's why I love that you said that, because your morning routine might be because you want to feel healthy, or you want to feel awake, or you want to feel inspired. Th- this is also a thing for, for many artists that um, that I've, I've talked to, is you create this space for yourself to make art because it makes you feel something, and because you're inspired. And if at some point you treat it like a, a deadline or like, um, like a routine rather than kind of playtime, um, you might get to a place where it doesn't feel inspiring anymore. And that completely defeats the purpose because that's why you make art.
0: Oh, I love that you say playtime. I love that you say playtime. Play, play, make it, make it fun.
1: 100%. And so for some people, this structure, like a, a very rigid structure is very beneficial right? Some people honestly do feel better when everything is the same at the same time. And for other people, especially, you know, us creatives, um, that might not be the best thing. And we just use it to hold on to. That's perfect. Like that is, that's totally okay.
0: I love that. Thank you so much for, you know, expanding your answer on that one. So Flora, tell me about your story. (laughs) How did you become a yoga teacher? What did What made you the person you are today?
1: Oh wow, that is so many things. (laughs) (laughs) Um so let let me let me give you a, a short recap because honestly, for all the big things in my life, I can pinpoint at least seven tracks that have led to that moment. But for me a big one was I actually started out in music. Um I wanted to be a singer. I was all all in on on that dream. I never had a plan B. I was just You know, always writing, writing music and singing in in the studio or on stage or in a rehearsal space with with my band. And then I started losing my voice and um, I had surgery on my vocal cords and multiple doctors told me that I would never be a singer. Um, In fact, they even told me without any (laughs) prompting from my side that I should probably never try to become a teacher either. So I wouldn't have to use my voice too much. Oh,
0: wow.
1: That was absolutely soul crushing um and so i really struggled for i think about six months everything was really really dark (laughs) and then i started to kind of crawl out of that hole of what am i going to do with my life now right if i'm not the singer who am i and i had to choose a new path it's a very long story i started studying and then i changed um my degree but i also went to a a a different level if that makes sense like this doesn't make sense for people who are not from the netherlands but Um, I started out at like a more practical level and then I went to university.
0: Yeah, so University of Applied Sciences versus, because Javier I think is University of Applied Sciences,
1: and then... uh... Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's where I started. Yeah, and so I I moved on and I started studying psychology, which is something I had always been interested in. But ironically, I had never considered it as a career path because I wasn't very good at statistics. (laughs) And then I found the one school where you didn't have to do an entrance exam for statistics. I feel like this is too honest, but um, there were there were also other things um, that I really appreciated uh, about the the school. I studied at the Erasmus University in Rotterdam, and one thing I really love about that school is that you have two courses at the same time for five weeks, and so you work on one subject really intensively for five weeks, and then you move on to the next one, and that perfectly works for the way my brain <laughs> works, so that's been really exciting, um, but I, I have always missed music, and I am I am currently still writing, so that is... Um, something that still matters to me a lot. And during this time, like a, a bunch of stuff happened that all made it very difficult. And then I found yoga by accident. I started exercising to deal with everything that was going on. And I thought, you know, I, for, first of all, I wanted to distract myself. <laughs> and then I thought, if I can't be happy, at least I can be strong, <laughs> which uh, in, in the end, I became a little bit of both, I, I think. And you know, I, I liked that I was getting stronger, but I, I didn't like that I was losing a lot of my natural flexibility. So I found the stretching class, and I did my first yoga thing and I started practicing every day, slowly just immersed myself in the pool of yoga. After a few months, it was so healing for me that I promised myself that when I was ready, I would teach. And a few years later, that's, that's what I did. I went to my yoga teacher training in Greece and that's where I met my partner, Yay. um, yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm not gonna get into it too, too much. But it was, it was really funny because I was living in, in Hauda at the time, uh, a town about an hour away from Amsterdam, and he was living in San Francisco, um, in the U.S., and we met on a tiny, a tiny island in Greece, and now we're almost three years later, and we're living together in Amsterdam. And he's, he's super supportive of my business, and he's been really amazing
0: such a lovely story I love that and which yoga form do you enjoy teaching most or is there one that you predominantly teach
1: yeah so the the yoga that I was um that I was taught in my teacher training was transformational yoga um and it's a combination of breath work and meditation and movement and Mantras, and there there are many different elements to it. I think what I do right now, so I I still teach that specific form of yoga, um, and I really love it, and it's been incredible for for me. And then I bring my own kind of experience into the teaching. So one of the things I do right now in my teaching and most of my classes is we've been focusing on listening to your body and recognizing your body's cues and your needs, and then um acting appropriately an example of this like we we practice this in class but an example of this would be sometimes in my classes i start out not in the the normal poses that a yoga class would usually start in but i ask everybody in this moment can you sit or lie down or stand up in a way that feels most authentic for you in this moment and i will do the same thing right and sometimes that means i'm just sitting on the floor hugging my knees (laughs) Um, and I'll show them like, look, you know, I, I might be a yoga, a yoga instructor, but that doesn't mean that I'm perfect or that my posture is always perfect or that that is always what I feel most comfortable in. It's just really important to me to teach people early on in the practice that they can choose the path that feels right for them because I might guide the practice. And of course I think about it. Right. And of course there's like a lot of thought behind the sequences that I, that I teach and that I write. Um, but at the end of the day, you are the expert of you. And I can't tell you what you're supposed to be feeling or how you're most comfortable in the moment or what works for your specific body. And so that's, that's something I've been experimenting with a lot and that's been really beautiful to see. And so the last class I taught um, recently was actually a class full of people who I did that with, that experiment in the beginning. And I emphasized throughout the class, like you can choose what the expression that feels right for you and I don't want you to think of modifications as easier or harder versions of the pose. And there's this one example that I always give um, that's a little bit harder over a podcast, but there's a specific shape that people think of as superior or like more advanced. But for me, that's the expression that I feel the, the least resistance in, in my body. And it, does, it doesn't do much for me because of the way my, my body is built. And so there's a, like a less advanced version of that pose that actually feels super challenging for me. Oh, wow. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, I'm, I'm really trying to focus on how can you feel the expression that feels right for you and not that looks best on camera. And um, I think that's what I wanted to say in my last class. I had all these students who at some point were doing different things and I'm so proud. <laughs> It was so exciting to th- to see because I could see that they were really following their body's cues, and that is all I'm I'm trying to teach.
0: Yeah, and I love that you say that you don't want to say one is more advanced than the other, because that's often you know we're we're drift- we're, we're living in such a masculine society, pit society in which it's we always have to like aim for the highest or the hardest but what's, what's hard? I mean, yeah, very linear. And what's, what's hard? I mean, come on, what's, what's hard? That's different for everyone else. And if you, yeah, I love this, that you say, please listen to your body, please listen to what feels good. And I think a lot of yoga teachers do this, but I think what you, what makes you unique in this way is that you say, we're not going to call it harder or less hard, you know, advanced or less advanced, we're just going to call it a pose and you can do it in different ways.
1: Exactly. Um, and I mean, I, I've been very much taught with, you know, naming all the poses poses. (laughs) And so in my teaching, I slip up still, but in, um, in talking about it, I, I sometimes even avoid that word and I will call it like a shape or a movement or because pose has this connotation of, you know, like struggling to achieve something that looks a certain way. And it really doesn't, it doesn't need to be like that. And I think you know, if, if we're talking about what what we what we talked about earlier with the more advanced poses, um, it stops you from listening to your body. It um, it drives you to compete. Um, people get injured more often.
0: You go into your mind
1: exactly. Oh yeah. Um, because you know you push yourself into a shape that you might not be ready for, or you feel like last time I could do the advanced pose, so let's just start right there. <laughs> and honestly, you know what what you said, like it's very linear society and in in this case that's not true we are we're not linear beings um and so what you can do today you you might not be able to do the same things today that you can do or that you could do yesterday and that doesn't mean that you're regressing in any way
0: Mm. oh I love that thank you for sharing that you're welcome you are your own boss and I love that I'm gonna say that because every woman that's their own boss I admire (laughs) (laughs) thank you Um, how do you make your beautiful contribution to the world? What do you do with your own company?
1: Mm, that's so sweet. So I, I really feel like I'm still just starting out, you know, and I don't have any great business advice yet.
0: <laughs> no, but that's, that's, you know, what do you do at the moment? That's that it doesn't matter if it's big or small. What do you do? How do you contribute to this world at the moment?
1: So um, I was thinking from a, from a more personal space, I've always tried to make time to volunteer. And to contribute to things that i care about even if it doesn't directly benefit me physically or financially so i i also understand that it's a privilege to be able to to do that in the first place right to to volunteer and to offer my time like that but it is something that really matters to me and something that i was taught as well as a child by by my family i think a big lesson for me is that if i want to create a sustainable business and make a difference I need to find a way to charge the right people. And right now, I don't know how much I can say about this yet, so I'll I'll be a little bit vague, but I'm about to start a really special project that means a lot to me. Um, And the company I'm teaming up with is getting sponsored by other companies. So the people who go there for support and who are going to practice with me don't get charged for the services. And that is something that feels really right to me because it's inclusive and it's accessible and there's a lot of heart in the business, but it also gets to a place where I can do this sustainably because I used to only volunteer. And at that point, like if you can't sustain yourself, you can't keep doing it. So that's been a big lesson for me over the past several months, <laughs> has been, you know, how how do I charge for my services and who do I charge for my services? And it feels like <laughs> this sounds really, really silly, but it feels kind of like the ethical version of Robin Hood. <laughs> you know where you're like we're gonna ask the rich people to contribute to this (laughs) and and then you can give it away and you don't even have to break in anywhere (laughs) you know so yeah that's that's been a a a big thing for me and um yeah i I hope i i I can say more about that very soon but i will keep you posted on on my social media as well uh when when that opens up but yeah i have some some projects some secret projects that i'm very excited about (laughs)
0: Well, guys, follow floor if you want to know more. That's hey, that rhymes.
1: <laughs> we have
0: also done some work together in forming goals for ourselves. Like I said at the beginning, we kind of had like this mastermind. Um, and
1: mm-hmm.
0: what goals do you have for your business right now? And how mm-hmm. do you set them? Do you choose them with your heart or with your mind?
1: Ooh, So it, it kind of relates to what I said earlier. So I I've always had a lot of heart-centered goals for my business. And I have found that they tend to change a bit depending on the projects I'm working on, on the specific clients I have, generally on the circumstances. Um, but the the overarching feeling is the same, right? Like I want to make a meaningful contribution. And I'm always looking for ways to to do that and to, to constantly check myself. Like, is, is this the most ethical way to do this? How am I contributing? But also how could anything I do or say potentially harm people and how can I avoid that? And that is an ongoing process, right? And I don't think I'm, I'm the, the right person to, to teach on this, but I wanna mention it because we're all the right person to learn, if that makes sense. So that, that's a big, a big thing. And then personally, a big goal for me when I started um, was to create a business in which I can create something special um, and really contribute in a meaningful way and eventually get to a place where I can sustainably do that. Like I said, um, tomorrow I hear um, if I have graduated, <laughs> which is very exciting. A big part of, of the, the path to this moment, because I was also still studying mostly full-time, has been to start to create and very meticulously laid the groundwork for this space where I'm able to do this full-time when I graduate, which you know, was, was more of a specific, Goal, If that makes sense, because I went into this just with a lot of heart and a lot of I just want to do something good, you know, Um, and so this was the other side because I want to get to a place where I can do that full time and and continue to do that. Um, And I've spent the past several months working with an amazing executive and leadership coach, David Acker. Um, He has been incredibly helpful in streamlining my ideas and getting clearer on what I want for myself and for my business because I'm a creative and I have a billion ideas <laughs> but I'm not naturally organized. And you're super fatter. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> you're so fatter, and that's the creative side of the yeah, of the
1: spectrum. Yeah, just quick. Yeah, yeah, quick quick thinking but not naturally organized. And he has helped me find ways to structure my ideas and action plans without making me feel caged in or uninspired. And that's been really valuable because in a lot of the kind of standard business spaces it feels very linear and very masculine and very you go to business school and then you follow the book and then you do these things and that's definitely not true for everybody by the way I've, I know a lot of amazing creative entrepreneurs but there is this I said recently I feel more comfortable identifying with artists than I do with entrepreneur because entrepreneur feels like it has a lot of rules and a lot of have-tos in in this space of artistry or creativity I feel space to to figure it out so that has been a big thing ar- around my goals is that I try to be flexible in that and I try to be open to some of my most interesting collaborations were not things that I planned on paper they were things where I impulsively or spontaneously reached out to somebody and I created a ripple effect you know I got in touch with with amazing people who wanted to work with me if you know we, we found a place where we could work together and, and both be happy <laughs> um, so I'm I try to be really Like, structured enough to to keep moving forward, but also really open to what happens. Because it's not always... The coolest things in life are not planned out.
0: (laughs) No, that's so true. The universe gives us so much more than we could ever dream of ourselves.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's just connection with other people. You know, like, you never know what happens when you interact with another human. And that's something that feels really inspiring to me.
0: Yeah, because everyone has, like... Everyone can contribute to your idea, maybe, because everyone has like their special own way of yeah also contributing to the world
1: Mm -hmm. absolutely and that is something that has felt actually really exciting for me since I started my own business is that I used to be kind of more uncomfortable (laughs) in like networking situations and stuff it just felt like needless small talk and right now I feel like I have more to contribute and so when I meet really interesting people because I work for myself and I have total freedom, I can always try to create a space to integrate a, a, a collaboration into my work. And that is so exciting because I go into network events now with the with the feeling of, I have something to offer and I have you know, a lot of space and a lot of freedom to collaborate and to just work with what happens in the moment. And that is something that is really, really cool to me.
0: I love that, beautiful, thank you so much. Talking about goals, you and I have dealt with anxiety both, and both still deal with anxiety, and I think a lot of millennials, also a lot of other people do that. I know for me that anxiety came from the pressure that I put on myself for fulfilling all these goals that I had, and the societal pressure that I felt. Can you share a bit about your journey with anxiety and how you deal with it?
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, of course. So I've been dealing with anxiety for about two decades now. Um, I had my first panic attack when I was four years old. And so I think for me, at that point, there was no real reason to be anxious, right? I think for me, it's just the way my brain is wired. And um, I had a little, a little bit of bad luck in the genetic lottery. And it's, it's, been, it's been on and off. So um, sometimes it's been really severe, and other times it's been this small nagging thing in the background that I can generally ignore. And it's it's interesting because when you, you told me that you wanted to, to have this conversation and to talk about anxiety, I was a little bit hesitant at first because we love success stories. And it's so much easier to talk about this stuff in hindsight. Like, look, once upon a time I struggled and then I did these things and now I'm great. And for me, I've been struggling for so long. And then about three years ago, I think, around 2018, I got to a place where I just felt good and I I was really happy and I ended up like traveling by myself for a month and getting on like a 15-hour plane ride to the other side of the world um, to meet up with my now partner who I then didn't know that well (laughs) in hindsight that was madness Um, but I was I was totally comfortable and it, it was great and then COVID happened and that has really severely impacted my mental health And I currently struggle with a lot of anxiety. And I think in the past few months, I've barely had a day without a panic attack. And that was a thing for me that felt kind of strange to talk about. Um, But I realized that I want to talk about this because I've been struggling with anxiety for 20 years. I teach yoga for a living. I practice every day. I'm about to get a degree in clinical psychology. If you have all the tools and you're still struggling, that is okay. I think that's the reason that I do want to be open about this because you would think that by now I, I know how to deal with it. And to a degree I do, but it's not always enough. I think there are two things that I like, I I'm, I'm super happy to share some of the tools that I use, but there are two, um, kind of catches (laughs) that I really want to address. And the first one is we don't always realize, especially if, if people don't struggle with their mental health, how hard the intervention can be. And so, for example, one thing that can really help with anxiety, um, uh, you know, as well in in people who have, um, uh, who are more prone to anxiety is exercise and improving your cardiovascular health. And so I started running and it does, it does help. But my first run, and people don't realize this, I, I rarely hear people talk about this, but the first run, you're sweaty and you're hot and you might be like out of breath and your heart rate goes up and you're not feeling great. (laughs) And all of these things are symptoms of panic attack. And so if you struggle with panic attacks and especially if it's the panic attacks that, that scare you, this can be super frightening. And so even though it helps and it really does, it's not always that easy to start. So that is something that I think I really want people to know, and especially this one for the people who don't have anxiety, but who have a loved one, loved ones with anxiety or with other mental health issues Because it's so easy to say, we know what works, Um, but it's not always easy to do that and to take the actions. So that's that's one. And then the other thing is, I love this whole self-empowerment movement and this space where everybody gets tools to make themselves feel better. But I wanna be really careful that it doesn't override a bigger structure. Because for example, for me, for most of my life, when I've been in situations that have been damaging for my mental health, I've usually been able to get out of the situation. But if you get discriminated against on a daily basis in a structural way, you can't walk away from that. Yes, it's great that you know there are these things that you can do to make yourself feel a little better, but that doesn't excuse us from doing the work to make our society a safer and healthier place for everybody um and so that's something i really want to address because it's i again i I love that people are feeling empowered but i really hope that we don't get to a place where we tell people you know just roll out a yoga mat and you'll be fine because we also need to make some changes
0: it's a tool it's just a tool for daily life to deal Mm. with daily life and the circumstances that you've been dealt with Mm -hmm. but that's that's the whole reason i've got this podcast you know we've got to We've got to talk about all the shitty stuff also going on it's not just rainbows and butterflies tell me how what your story was and like you said you know it's easier to talk about it in hindsight no these problems are real and we've got to deal with them right now here in this situation right now at this moment
1: absolutely yeah so that's that's the the background and then i do have some tools that tend to help and again like i really want to share these from a place of these are things that have historically worked for me (laughs) most of the time but it it is it is different for for everybody and for me i think the the generic almost preventative things have been yoga and running and meditation A thing that that really helps for me personally that um that might sound a little strange or far-fetched but for me i have a lot more anxiety when i eat a lot of sugary stuff and so cutting that out has really made a difference and right now there are different types of things you can do so for me, I go easy on the news right now. I don't want an, an app on my phone that gives me news when I'm not expecting it, right? I try to stay up to date with things, but I need to be ready for it, um, especially right now. Like th- this year has been awful. <laughs> yeah, th- this, this year has been awful. And I'm, I'm really, I want to know about the important stuff. Let's, let's put it that way. I'm, I'm not trying to ignore the news or ignore what's going on around me. Um, that's not at all the case. But I can't be caught off guard by it because right now that is really damaging to me. I can't, I can't deal with it. Um, one the, actually, one of my first panic attacks in years was a year ago when COVID started coming to Europe. I was not prepared for that at all. You know, that that's just been like, I was so worried about my family. Uh, yeah, I was not ready to deal with that. (laughs) And I think a lot of us weren't. And so, you know, for me, that's, that's the thing. I just, I don't watch the news all the time because it doesn't, it doesn't do any good. So one of the things that tends to really help for me when I'm in the middle of panic or, or anxiety is actually when somebody can get me out of my head and into my body and can make me laugh or or you know go outside and do something and this is such a tricky one and there are only like a select few people in my life who can do this for me if it if it's not quite right it's counterintuitive because when I'm in this space I tend to turn inwards and try to kind of regulate myself and and stay calm and kind of stay in control if that makes sense and so I generally don't love when people try to talk to me <laughs> when I'm having a panic attack. But there are a few people who, when they do it right, they can get me out of that space and really snap me out of it. And then it's fine. It's, it's really strange, but it's it's hard because I don't have a good formula for it. And it definitely doesn't always work. But in general, like laughter, when I can get to that place is really helpful. Oh, beautiful, beautiful laughter.
0: Yeah, I usually when I had panic attacks, thankfully I haven't had one in a few years, but I would listen to friends because the laughter would just you know make me so happy and the happiness in that series also really helped thank you for sharing and so how do you give yourself the love that you deserve is that also by exercising i think it's the running for you and the yoga um are there more things you do
1: i think a lot of it is is tied together which i love i love when it comes full circle um but is this you know what we talked about in the beginning that i have these kind of loose routines that give me enough stability to feel comfortable and to not have to think about every single part of my day but that i have some freedom in like this morning when i cut out a little part just to lie down and and relax and i think that's been a big part of it has been just checking in with myself at the right times being willing to adjust my schedule and being willing to be flexible when I need it but also showing up for myself like I don't always feel like running but I always feel better at the end of it that is another thing that that I think is important
0: consistently loving yourself
1: yeah exactly
0: yeah Mm, beautiful thank you yeah okay I've got four short rapid fire questions I'm going to ask you Uh, you don't have to give a short answer (laughs) that's fine but just really short four (laughs) short questions um Mm -hmm. which subjects should should be mandatory at schools all over the world and then you're not allowed to say yoga
1: (laughs) (laughs) that's a bummer um so there 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 are so many things i could think of in terms of basic life skills and preparing children for the future because i think you know that's that's one of the things i kind of really missed in school was just how do you file your taxes yeah how do you deal with life how do you exactly just stupid little things but um I think we need to realize that our families all have different skill set. Not everybody gets the same education at home if, if your parents are present at all, right? So um, I think that that would be so helpful to give everybody a good start in life by teaching them the basic things they need to take care of themselves. And it can be, like I said, it can be taxes, it can be nutrition, it can be just basic self care but also i would love to see some more attention for mental health in schools
0: mm, 100% yeah 100% mm-hmm. 100 100 like million percent <laughs> <laughs> i completely agree mm-hmm. um which book should everybody read
1: ha so <laughs> here i would say whatever book makes you feel excited to be reading um, it's so personal. Like the books that have made the biggest difference in my life haven't always been the best books objectively, right? They haven't been like the top ten books or the the books that um that everybody recommends or best New York. Yeah, best they haven't even necessarily thing, yeah. been the books that I've recommended to other people because I felt like the reason I loved this book is because it spoke to me at the right time. And not necessarily because it was, you know, the most special book or because I feel like everybody should have this in their education. They're just books that touched me in some way. Um, that said, I love Arthur Japan, um, a, a Dutch author who writes novels. Um, and I've been writing, or I've been reading his books since since I was in high school. And I, I love them. And I have one of his books, um, Voslof, which has been my emotional support book. <laughs> so when I go somewhere and I'm nervous, I bring that book and I don't, I don't even always read it. Um, I just have it with me and it makes me feel very grounded because I know exactly what's going to happen. I've read it a billion times. Um, I love that he's very poetic. So if you don't want to read it for the story, you can open it at any page and just enjoy the writing. I know that some of his books have been translated into English. So if you don't speak Dutch, don't miss out. (laughs) But again, like, yeah, again, like find, find the thing that works for you because I was always very, very fond of reading. My younger brother was not. And I always kind of made it a challenge when I went to the library as a kid to find something that he would get excited about. And I started finding that there were like these war stories and football books. And right now it's like business books that he's really excited about and that got him reading too. And so that's honestly the biggest thing. And you know, the the thing that comes back in in all areas of my, my teaching as well is just find what works for you.
0: Yes. Oh, beautiful. I love that. Living that conscious life that you decide to choose to live.
1: Yeah. 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 Oh, and (laughs) here's the thing. So don't make anybody make, don't let anybody make you feel guilty for not reading these like top hundred books or books everyone should have read. Or, you know, if you didn't like the, the reading list in high school, that doesn't mean you won't like reading stats, right? Maybe you like reading comic books. Maybe you like reading about painting. Maybe, you know, maybe it's something very specific. Maybe you just like reading very cheap romance novels and that makes you happy. Like do it, <laughs> honestly. Yeah, I, 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 really, I really believe in that. Like I, I felt kind of this pressure because I was a reader especially to like read all the classics and some of them I just didn't like. <laughs> And that's okay. Do you like
0: Harry Potter though?
1: I've I have mixed feelings about Harry Potter. Um I oh, I know, I like I like the books, but I, I <laughs> no, like the books. I, I have to say that. Um I, I read them until book five and then I got distracted. Um but I am not a fan of the author anymore for mm, no, movie. yeah, for yeah, yeah, that, that, recent that's the, developments. Yeah, and I I don't know how much I can separate the author from the books, and that's something I'm I'm kind of thinking about right now
0: yeah good one good that you say that definitely yeah thank you which show film or documentary should everybody watch
1: yes (laughs) i told you in advance i was so excited about this question so (laughs) um (laughs) i i always have something um i I generally tend to have comfort shows that i watch you know if i have a hard time in the morning i I will watch something that makes me happy um but right now (laughs) my main recommendation is inside um, by Bo Burnham. Bo Burnham is a comedian, and during COVID, he spent, like, about a year um, creating this show by himself, alone in a room um, over the course of, like, multiple months, filming this dark comedy show um, with no outside help. Like, everything was done by him, the scripting and the directing and the lights and the cameras and everything. And I'm obsessed with it. <laughs> <laughs> i I've, I've, i'm about to watch it for the fifth time <laughs> i've watched it four times already and um it's it's brilliant i don't want to say too much about it i think you should just like get into it with kind of an open mind but he is very accurately portrayed my feelings over the past year both personally and in in a societal and um wider wider sense so yes wild recommendation <laughs> cool thank you I'll put it in the show notes yeah. okay and then the very
0: very last question is what's your tip for living a life in love
1: oh I like that I think my advice here would be to take yourself on date and what I mean here is this this is regardless of whether whether or not you're in a relationship right Like for me, I got to a place where I had been dating this guy who wasn't very respectful or nice. (laughs) And in hindsight, that was a very bad idea. (laughs) But when that ended, I got to a place where I was like, you know what? I don't want to do this. And I tend to um, get really invested in in other people's relationships, but friends and and family. And um, I thought, what if I could put all this energy and attention into my own life and you know because I, I feel like and I, I feel like a lot of people experience this it's so much easier to do nice things for other people than it yeah. is to do them for yourself yeah definitely. but I thought what if I just treat myself like like uh, like a date um like a partner honestly like it sounds very cheesy but I started buying myself flowers and taking myself on dates. And, you know, I had to wait very long at a train station. And I took myself to a bookstore because that's one of my happy places. And I bought this super pretty book that I actually recently finished. And it brought me so much joy. And I just read on the train for like two hours. It really got me into this space of, one, I was much happier when I was single. And now that I'm in a relationship, um, it makes me a better partner because he is not responsible for my happiness. And of course, like if you're in a relationship with somebody who consistently makes you miserable, that's probably not the right call. But you can't expect somebody else to be fully responsible for your happiness all the time. And so everything he contributes to my life is that, is a contribution. I am responsible for me being happy first. And of course, like we still take care of each other and we try to make each other happy because we love each other. But at the end of the day, when I'm unhappy, I look at myself first. And I ask myself, what do I need and what can I change? Um, and so I still like, I, I bought myself peonies. <laughs> those are my favorite flowers. Um, and I got some fancy chocolate and some, some new tea. I'm, I'm kind of obsessed with, um, with those teas. I, I keep doing those things and trying to take myself on, on little dates or try to make space for myself so I can show up already happy and fulfilled when I interact with other people. And I think that's my, my biggest advice. And that, is, that also puts you in a, in a place where, again, like if you're single, you'll probably be happier. And if you're in a relationship, it'll be a healthier relationship.
0: Yeah, 100%, because you already know you and you know what you need.
1: hmm exactly.
0: Love it. Thank you, Floor. Is there anything I haven't asked you yet that you'd still like to contribute to this conversation?
1: I don't know I really liked your questions <laughs> um I think if, if you give us another hour I can talk forever but um I, I no I, I I really appreciate it <laughs> it's really nice to talk to you I
0: know I love all of our conversations and and you're mm. so loving and caring but you're also you you've really thought stuff through man it's like if there's someone that's conscious <laughs> in life it's you geez you know it's in a good way <laughs>
1: That's really sweet. Yeah. Um. I wish. I wish I could turn it off sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I know
0: it would make life so much oh. easier.
1: Yeah. 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 But no, no you're right, and it, they, these are things that that I really care about, and they're really important to me. Mm. And I love that you created a whole podcast around that idea and i'm really excited to hear the other conversations.
0: me too me too oh yeah well thank you so much for being here and um it was lovely speaking to you i really think you've contributed so much to to everyone's lives in this one hour that we've spoken so i think you've got so many nuggets of wisdom so thank you so much for being here and um yeah i loved having
1: you thank you too it was lovely to be here um and i hope to work together with you again very soon
0: yes, 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 let's do that. Yay. Okay, you guys, how much of an angel is Flora? She is such a beautiful soul. And if you loved this conversation, go to one of her social media platforms, such as her website or Instagram, you can find her on change your mind with Flora. And I will link to all the things that she mentioned down below in the show notes so you can find them back I hope you have a lovely day and if you loved this conversation please rate it with a five star or send it to someone you think might also really enjoy this and I hope you have a lovely day. Bye bye.